Welcome back, everybody, into Bill's chat. I am Josh McCarty. With me, as always, is Luca. Luca, we have made it to the week of the NFL opener. We are finally here. All the time of talking about offensive tackle four and linebacker six is behind us. We have a real game coming up in a few days. How are you feeling? So bleeping happy. I am ecstatic that the time has come where meaningful football will be happening. We've had now a couple of uh, college football weekends where it kind of teases you a little bit. Although, of course, if anyone watches college football, they understand it's kind of there's not it's slim pickings when it comes to quality games, but overall, at least it's teased you enough where now we're in the NFL season. We have real football games when it comes to the NFL this week, and it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. It absolutely is a beautiful thing. And in a lot of ways, it's like NFL preseason where the games, they aren't that good. But every once in a while, you get an Appalachian State that uh, upsets a Michigan and totally just changes the course of the entire season. So at least the games count. Uh, we hope whoever you are listening out there, you're having a wonderful Labor Day weekend, and we can't thank you enough for choosing to spend part of that with us, your friends at Bill's Chat. If you're watching on YouTube, please take a moment to subscribe. We would very much appreciate that as we are growing this channel from the ground up. Luca, we have a fun show in store for the folks this week. I think this is the right time to do this kind of show because for the last month, it really has been focused on the back end of the roster and who's going to make the squad. And we kind of got all that taken care of last week with the final cuts and all the subsequent moves to fill out this roster. And now it really is time to focus on the meat and potatoes of this team. How good is this team? And I think there's no better way to determine that than to do the exercise you and I are going to do tonight, which is our second annual schedule prediction show where we will go through each game on the Bills schedule, predict a win or a loss, give a score prediction. And at the end, we will both tally up our predicted record for the Buffalo Bills and we'll see how we agree, what we disagree on. And it should be a fun show and I'm looking forward to it. Oh yeah, for sure. This was, it was a fun thing last year when we went through all of this, I kind of went back actually to see what I at least did in myself when my, in my internal notes, uh, I believe I had four, no, five incorrect predictions, um, things like that. Of course, I had basically a home run of a prediction. I, I like to flex all the time with my week one prediction against the Rams on opening night, things like that. But it was it was fun to look back on. It was and it was fun in the moment when we did it. And of course, it just seems like this has to be something we do moving forward. We had to do it this year at this point in time. We have to do it moving forward. Just seems like the natural thing to do for any sort of big football content out there. It's just what needs to happen. You need to put your stuff on the line and see what you think you feel about this team. After all this conversation, like you brought up, we're talking about depth pieces that might not even matter come late on in the season. Maybe they do matter come late in the season, whatever it might be. We've been talking about all of it. So where does it all accumulate? What happens with all of that knowledge and all the interest we've had? This is when we lay it on the line and kind of give our two cents and prediction of the entire season and see where we go from here. And I think this will be a good exercise to let you know how we feel about the other teams on the Bills schedule because we have done our Rivals Watch series. Those are available in our archives, but this is an up-to-date version. I will tell you every Friday night on Bills Chat Live, Luca and I will be previewing the Bills' upcoming opponent, and we reserve the right to change these predictions as things come through. Like last year, we did the preview for the Minnesota Vikings game, and on Friday night, it sure appeared like Josh Allen was not going to play, and that certainly would have changed 
any prediction we had about that those Buffalo Bills. But let's not waste any more time. Let's get into it, Luca. Week one is a doozy. The Bills open up on the road in MetLife against the New York Jets, who have had about as big of an offseason as you can have. They brought in a new quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. They brought in a new toy at running back, Dalvin Cook. Uh, they're getting their best offensive lineman back in Elijah Vera Tucker. They come loaded with a very good defense, a defense that twice last year held the Bills under 21 points. The Bills were only held under 21 points three times in the regular season last year. Twice it was these Jets. And I just think about this environment in New York, New Jersey, and this crowd that has just been itching for an answer at quarterback. I think this is going to have a, this is the Jets Super Bowl feel to it. And the big bad Bills come in and they're the team that everybody's chasing in the AFC East. It is a chance for the Jets to put their stamp on it and validate that everything we've been hearing about them this entire offseason is true. And they are ready to punch up with the Bills. They did beat the Bills last year for what it's worth. If you ask any Jets fan, they can't wait to tell you that. But Luca, it's time. What happens week one with the Bills and the Jets? So the one thing I've been preaching about this game, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be a grind, things like that. I think your stat that you brought up, and I know others are also aware of it, you know, it's the only team to hold the Bills under 21 points. They did it twice last season. Um, it's an interesting one. But also at the same time, I think what that does is I it got the Bills' attention, and in this particular game, you have a long time to kind of game plan what you want to do and what how you want to attack that defense. Now seeing what basically is the same defense coming back, like it's all the same pieces. There's a couple obviously uh, obvious changes around there, but overall, you know, your Sauce Gardeners and your defensive line, the front that will be coming at you, all of those kinds of vital pieces to the defense are still there. C.J. Mosley still operating as their linebacker. It's it's all the same stuff. So overall, I would hope and I would think that McDermott and Dorsey and the the entire staff has been kind of game planning for this. It's week one that you should really be thinking about. You shouldn't think about necessarily a game later on because you have to still get through that first game. And um, overall, I think it's on the forefront of their mind as well as understanding now what they need to do to hopefully have a performance better than that. To get right into my prediction, it will be an ugly grind they will get over 21 points i do believe in this game just being that they will have a little bit more of a better game plan and the biggest question mark for both sides to me still leans on the jets offensive line and because of that massive issue on top of having a new quarterback yes it's aaron Rodgers with a familiar offensive coordinator it's just that offensive side has a lot of kind of things to smoothen out i think that will happen throughout the season week one's not the greatest spot for them and overall Yes, the hype train will be real, but if the Bills can tame through that, which I think they have absolutely the ability to do so, they should be able to come out of this with a win. I do believe they come out of this with a win, and my prediction is a win, 23-16. to 16. It's well under the, the line that you see right now as you're over-under. I believe it's at, four, what was it? I don't remember what it is anymore. It doesn't matter. It's well under. It's going to be a grind. The 23 points won't be pretty, but I think they'll be able to eclipse that 21-point mark they couldn't last season and overall come out there with a win. Luca has them getting a win. I will tell you there are some interesting parallels to this game and the Bills playoff game. You mentioned the offensive line for the Jets, and it's funny. The storyline leading up to that Bengals game was they were down three starters. And yes, the Bills were without Von Miller, but you had to find a way with your high draft picks 
Boogie Basham, who was a bill at the time, AJ Epinesa, Ed Oliver, Greg Rousseau, and they just couldn't generate any pressure. So it'll be interesting to see after an entire offseason of hearing about the, this Bills defensive line can't generate pressure without Von Miller. Are they ready to respond? Have the upgrades with players like Puna Ford and Leonard Floyd and the evolution of players like Gregory Rousseau, AJ Epinesa, Ed Oliver, if you want, ha- have that taken enough? Plus the new aggressive play calling we expect from Sean McDermott. What's interesting about the Jets, Luca, is I think we have become so infatuated with what this quarterback upgrade can mean for them that I feel like we've just kind of assumed that Aaron Rodgers got dropped into a situation where the weapons are great. And I don't think the weapons are great. I think they have one great weapon on offense right now, and it's Garrett Wilson. All due respect to Brees Hall, who if he plays, I do not expect him to be the best version of himself coming off of that ACL. I I expect Dalvin Cook to get a large workload in this game. I think teams right now, until proven otherwise, can really focus their attention on Garrett Wilson and force guys like Randall Cobb, who's starting in their slot, Alan Lazard to beat them. And that's just not super scary to me. The way I see this game going down, I am going to pick the Bills to win. I'm going to have the Bills winning this game 24 to 23, a walk-off field goal by Tyler Bass. And in my mind, Luca, I kind of see a scenario where Aaron Rodgers drives the Jets down with like 30 seconds to go to take the lead with a field goal of their own. The crowd's going nuts. Our new heroes here and everything is perfect. This is what we dreamed of. And then that dude, Josh Allen, takes the field and says, no, no, no. What Tom Brady used to do to us all the time in the drought. You think you got us, and now we're going to remind you who daddy is. And I would not be surprised if it's a couple big throws to digs on that play to really hammer home that there are no issues here. Tyler Bass with the walk-off. One quick thing I will say about this Jets defense, they are loaded. I do not love their safeties at all. I think that they can be beat with Jordan Whitehead and Adrian Amos. They're not terrible, but I think they can be beat. And I don't think that they have the best coverage linebackers in the world. So I do think that right out of the gate, Dalton Kincaid has a chance to matter and matter in a big way. 24-23, the Bills beat the Jets. And we are rolling into week two, the home opener. And the Las Vegas Raiders come to town. It seems like Jimmy Garoppolo will be the quarterback at some point this offseason. That seemed unsure. Seems like Josh Jacobs will be the running back. At a large portion of this offseason, that seemed like unsure. But Luca, when you look under the hood of this Raiders team, they still look like a team that's a mess despite having some really high-end talent. You have have Max Crosby, you have Chandler Jones, you have Devontae Adams, who some would rate as the best wide receiver in the sport. Josh Jacobs is up there with the best running backs in the sport. But they don't have a good offensive line. Uh, Their defense outside of their edge rushers really leaves a lot to be desired. And this is the Bills' home opener taking on a team traveling three time zones to the right. Uh, how do you see this one going down? Yeah, it, the I love the last point you brought up because that was going to be the first thing I brought up. It's a West Coast team playing a one o'clock game on the East Coast, far from optimal. But the, the when it comes to the Raiders as a team, we kind of talked about it a little bit in our rivals watch uh, with them. But overall, it's like you have some high end stuff. You you named pretty much all of them. Is Josh Jacobs even going to be playing in this game? Uh, time will tell. Um, at that point in time, uh, if he does, he is in that group of high end talent, but then the fall from those few is so great, almost in a way that it's like, it, I don't understand what happens here. 
And this to me is a game that I look at and I go, okay, you have a very good game manager and Jimmy G running an offense with one high caliber weapon because they decide in the passing game, because they decided to trade the other one. You have a little bit of a chain mover and Hunter Renfro. Um, Josh Jacobs may or may not be playing. If he's not playing, that is definitely a knock to them. And that, I mean, Josh Jacobs to me could be the, the individual who could maybe keep them in the game for a little bit overall, if he's not playing, it's going to be a struggle for them. I look at this one as a very similar kind of game to like, when I thought about the bills going to LA to play the Rams, um, in the sense of just the matchup, you have some guys and you have some very high end caliber guys. But then after that, it just drops off a shelf and overall the bills should be able to overcome it well. So, and I actually have this one as a win 38 to 13. It's just, look, Jimmy G is not going to be able to get them in to finish drives enough against a good defense. That is the bills. It's the home opener. Um, It's going to be most likely beautiful September weather in Orchard Park as well. Hopefully fingers crossed. And I, you know, those tailgates will be electric. So the, the crowd will be interesting in itself. I just I don't see a scenario at all that the Raiders can even make this kind of a one score game. This this feels like uh, if you want to like I mentioned the Rams game or even the home opener last year, which was a primetime game against the Titans. One of those ones where it's like the juice is flowing so heavily on the bill side. And then the talent disparity is there where it's like it's just going to be a route and it, it 38 to 13. And is it even that close? Time will tell, but it should be a big, big win for the Bills. Yeah, this game has avalanche potential on the road. The better roster is the Bills. The better quarterback is the Bills. It's just hard to find too many paths for the Raiders to win outside of just fluky random stuff happening. Um, I, I am concerned about what the Raiders can do on the edges with Jones and Crosby. And then obviously the rookie Tyree Wilson is, is a good player as well. Um, and I think, you know, teams with good edge rushers could give the Bills some fits this year until Spencer Brown can really prove himself. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm going to respect what the Raiders do. I think maybe they can uh, shorten the game a bit with some Josh Jacobs runs. I think this is a James Cook game. I, I really do. I think what the Bills can do is they can run their pass rushers out of being able to pin their ears back. And I don't trust their back seven at all. I think there's going to be a lot of room to run in the running game. Could be a, a James Cook has arrived on the scene kind of game. Give me the Bills 34 to 20. And maybe that last touchdown by the Raiders is a little bit of garbage time. Maybe throwing a gun like Demar Hamlin or something. I don't know why I randomly just called out Demar Hamlin, but whatever. We're gonna keep it moving. And week three, interesting matchup here. The Bills travel to Washington to take on the Washington Commanders and Sam Howe and Ron Rivera and Luca. When we did Rivals Watch, I said I wish this game was later in the year because I feel like the Commanders are one of these teams that are probably going to have a bad season. They could fire their coach midseason. And they could be running for the bus come December. But that's not going to be the case week three. They're going to be hyped. They have a great defensive line. They seem to be excited about what Sam Howell can do. They have good weapons. We know Terry McLaurin is good. Dotson is good. They have a couple good running backs in Gibson and Robinson. Their offensive line is okay. Uh, but at the end of the day, what I keep coming back to, and I'll go first on this one, what I keep coming back to is if you're a Super Bowl contender, and your goal is to win the Super Bowl, and your best path of doing that is to win the one seed and get the Chiefs or the Bengals in your building, you cannot lose a game to Sam Howell. So that's where I come back to. I think this game has a chance to be really scary and really ugly, and the kind of win with the Dolphins the next week, maybe you want to call it a sandwich game, the kind of win that none of us are truly happy about, 
like, oh, that didn't feel right. There, there Maybe there's like some signs this team isn't as good as we think. I'm going to take the Bills 17 to 14. Think the offense has a tough day. The defense carries the day, but they get out of Washington with a win. Wow. I'm just going to say wow to that scoreline. Uh, we are in two completely different worlds on this game. I will just add that in there. Um, I do respect the commanders a little bit more than I think a lot of people do. Um, but overall, Sam Howell is decent. He's inexperienced, though. Oh, ooh, I got a sneeze building up here. Mm. Uh, inexperienced in a little bit. And this is a game where I think the experience of the Bills, even without Vaughn at this point in time, stuff like that, I, I just... It's not, it's a different way than the Raiders, but in the same regard, I just don't see a scenario that the commanders win. So then if you are a legitimate team in this league, if you are the bills, when it comes to that top echelon and you walk into this game, yes, the commander should be more motivated at this point because the season is still young and bright, but this is the one where you give them a, a dose of reality. This is the reality check. You should be able to deliver, even though you're on the road and overall, I just, they have scary Terry, but then outside of that, it's like, okay, you have Jahan Dotson. That's fine. You have other guys, Curtis Samuel. Okay. You don't have game breakers, really. It's kind of limited in that way where I just don't see how Washington can, say, get into the fourth quarter and still have a very competitive game. I, I agree that it can happen at any point in time, but I, me personally, I just don't see it. And I almost, I don't necessarily see something happening like a few years ago where the, the Bills just came out so hot that I think it was like 35 nothing when you blinked your eyes and it was just over. Um, but overall, I see the Bills winning this one fairly comfortably, 34-15. Uh, I just, I, I don't see Washington being able to keep up with the firepower of the Bills offense and the defense should be able to contain. I would hope to God that McDermott is not getting done by Sam Howell in any way, especially if Josh Allen comes out and gives you two touchdown drives early. That should be kind of signed, sealed, delivered, move on with your day. Um, so, yeah, I, I would expect that to be the case. And therefore, 34-15 in a win. I will say, if they can hold up in pass protection, the Bills have a real opportunity to put up points in this game because that secondary by Washington is either bad or young. Their good players are young, and the other ones are bad, outside of Fuller, who's just kind of okay. And there should be a lot of opportunity to throw the ball on this team if they can hold up in pass protection. So we both have the Bills starting off 3-0 and as we head to a Week 4 matchup with the Miami Dolphins, who also an interesting team. Doesn't seem like Jalen Ramsey is going to be out there for this game, even though his medical prognosis is getting better. I look at this team, Luca. I think they are loaded. I think they have a lot of good weapons. It really comes down to can Tua stay healthy? Can Bradley Chubb stay healthy? Um, can Jalen Phillips stay healthy? Obviously, he hasn't had that issue in the NFL, but in college, he was a guy that got hurt a lot. X Howard's a guy that had two different groin injuries last year and played through it. I mean, credit to him. That's super impressive. Uh, but they have a loaded defense, Vic Fangio out there. And I do think that when they are fully formed, they are going to be a handful. How do you see this first Bills Dolphins matchup going? So I, I agree with you 100%. They are loaded top to bottom. And the Dolphins, to me, are a team, especially early on in a season, that can absolutely get at you at any point in time in many different ways. I think health is their biggest question mark. So early in a season, you would like to assume that they're at their best. 
And therefore, with that in mind, and then just them being so dynamic all across the board and having a front seven that has shown for years now gives the Bills fits, even in games. I mean, there's the Josh Allen meme, him sitting on the sideline in a blowout win, frustrated, and that's due to what Miami was presenting him, and he felt like they should have been able to be better than what they actually did in a blowout win. And I think that just kind of exemplifies what Miami's been now, and they've been continuing to build on, and now they're all in on at this point in time with the offense that they have currently. So this is where I think the bills finally, you know, get a loss. I I think this is the moment where the bills, unfortunately, they don't have necessarily an awful game. It's just, they can't match the team speed and just the dynamic nature all across the board that the dolphins have at full health. And it'll just get to them. I, I look at this as a loss 31 to 28. I just think Reek will kind of wreak havoc on the secondary. I, I think there's just so much firepower with the Dolphins. I mean, if uh, A-Chain gets going for them, it's fast running back. I mean, it's just there's so many different things that I think a healthy Miami team can really do and achieve. And early on in a season, if they're trying to put in new wrinkles that you don't quite have tape on yet, they can catch you off guard as well. I, I think that's just where Miami thrives. I think Miami is the kind of team you have, they have to get out hot in order to maybe even kind of accumulate wins later on down the road when tape is out there and health becomes, you know, maybe a question. So this is though where I do expect, I would think Miami will come into Buffalo and get a win. Like I said, 31, 28 loss to the dolphins. So I think Miami and Buffalo are very even when Miami's at full health. I think, I think all their games when they play are going to be close. We saw that last year, both games that Tua played were close. Heck the playoff game was close. Although there were some extenuating circumstances that made that game closer than it really should have been. But I'm going to, in this particular matchup, I'm going to stand with you. I'm going to take the Dolphins to win this game. And it really just comes down to it's early in the year. I don't think the Dolphins are a team that's going to be able to sustain as the season goes on. One thing I should mention, the Dolphins are the team most rumored to be trading for Jonathan Taylor. By the Colts keeping him on PUP, even if that trade happens, he's ineligible for this game. That's not nothing. Um, but they had some success last year running with Mostert. I don't think this has to mean the Dolphins are better than the Bills. I don't think this has to mean that the Dolphins are the kings of the AFC East. I think this has to mean that on this day, the Dolphins find a way to win. And uh, that's what they're going to do in my mind. Give me the Dolphins 27 to 24 and the Bills fall to three and one. And the Bills, if they lose to Miami, like you and I both predict, will have a bitter flight across the pond to London, England to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. And normally these London games are kind of weird because these teams are both dealing with two various uh, forms of jet lag and teams handle it in different ways. But one sneaky advantage the Jaguars have here is they have two London games in a row and the Bills are that second London game. They play the Falcons the week before. So I I can go first here if you want. I have... um, I don't think I'm as high on the Jaguars as the general public is. I think they get a lot of credit for making it to the final four in the AFC last year and giving KC a fight. But when you look under the hood of their season, they were a nine and eight football team that needed a win week 18 to make the playoffs against Josh Dobbs and the Tennessee Titans at home at in Jacksonville. And it took a Josh Allen fumble return for touchdown in the fourth quarter to get that home. And then in the playoffs, they fell down 27 points to the Chargers, managed to come back. And then in Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes couldn't even plant his his front foot when he threw. 
and they still could not get that game to the garage. I am intrigued by Calvin Ridley. I'm intrigued by Travis Etienne, another year in the Doug Peterson system. I do think they have some really nice weapons. Uh, but all in all, I do think the Bills are a better team. I don't see many great players in this Jaguars team. I think there's a bunch of guys that are really good, but not quite great. And I think there's a talent disparity there. But one, I do not expect Von Miller to be back. I know he's eligible to be back, but I can't imagine that his first game back is going to be flying across the pond to play Jacksonville in London. That does not make a lot of sense to me. Um, and I am concerned about the fact that Jacksonville is out there for two weeks and the Bills are out there for one week. So everything about not believing in Jacksonville and thinking the Bills are the better team, I am going to give the Bills a loss here. I think there's a lot working against them in this matchup. And I think on this day, weird things happen in London. Uh, the Jaguars are certainly more used to playing over there than the Bills. I'm going to take the Jaguars to win, and I'm going to take them to win by a score of 27 to 21. Oh, I wish you didn't take. I mean, I, I love that we're simpatico on the Vaughn take in this situation. It was like, I was like, oh, this would be the time that he'd be able to be available. And it's like, wait a second. they There is so much that I don't believe would happen when it comes to, hey, you got to play this game in the UK as your first game. And there's just a lot of unknowns and a lot of things that could go wrong. I And I'm not saying like, oh, he'd get reheard or anything like that. It's just there's so much logistically that they're going to have to deal with. Why hinder that on Vaughn in a game where I, I don't know, you, you want Vaughn back as soon as possible. But at the same time, adding that to the list of things just doesn't seem right at that point in time. Um, it's definitely something I had noted as well. Um, I really look at it as the Jags are overseas uh, longer than we are. There's so much stacked against the Bills. I do think I like the Jags a little bit more than you do. I think Doug, P I, I just respect Doug Peterson a lot as a head coach. I respect him a lot as an offensive mind in this league. Um, he's done a lot. He's conquered the Bill Belichick in the biggest moment. Like there's so many reasons to respect him as a head coach and a leader of men. Um, that overall with that, now you have Calvin Ridley and another, you know, fun wrinkle to the offense that he's already building on stuff of that nature on top of adding the travel concerns or just the travel issue with the bills and the Jags had a game against the Falcons the week before over there and can kind of relax into this and they can almost, you know, I'm not saying they should take the Falcons lightly. You never take any team lightly, but they could probably have one eye up to the next week and really figure, you know, game plan for both games kind of deal. And you really look ahead when it comes to a game plan uh, situation and keep an eye on the bills overall, and maybe even pull away from the Miami game. If they see something that they can maybe go at as well. Um, I look at it as a loss. I, I think this will be an exciting game. I, I think this will be a very fun game to watch. Um, I'm, I'm excited for this one overall. I have the bills losing as well. 34 to 31. I think this will be worth waking up early for, um, unless you're on the West coast. I don't think any football is worth waking up at six 30 in the morning for, to be quite honest. That's, it's a little too early. I like my sleep too much, but you know, being that we're on the East coast or central time, at least it's somewhat of a decent hour and overall. Yeah. I, I, I think the Bills are a better team. I'm with you on that. But I think the dynamic nature of the Jags on top of having the advantage of being overseas with still a very good coach in Doug Peterson is kind of a trifecta that works in their favor enough to tip the scale. And yeah, 34-31 loss, um, two losses in a row for the Bills. I don't look at it as dire straits, but I can I can imagine a time right now where three and two in the fan base might not be feeling great at this point in time. It's not just three and two, it's three and two. And you've lost two home games because whether you like it or not, this Jacksonville game is one of their home games and they only have eight this year. <laughs> they don't get nine. And I do think, especially in my scenario, 
where the Washington game is a little too close for comfort, and then you follow it up with a loss to Miami and a loss to Jacksonville, there's going to be a lot of questions coming in on this team. And it, this is going to be one of those test your metal moments where can they stick together? Is there issues that pop up? Are Have there been a dig sideline antic? You know, things like that. But the next week, week six, under the lights of Sunday night football, an old friend comes to town by the name of Brian Dable. And Luca, if the Bills are three and two, riding a two-game losing streak, and the offense is struggling, as you and I at least predict over these last couple weeks, there's going to be a lot of talk this week about how the Bills kept the wrong coach. And if Brian Dable comes to Buffalo and beats the Bills with an inferior Giants team when the Bills are on the ropes in this scenario, uh, that is going to create a panic situation for the Bills falling to three and three and what is supposed to be the easier part of their schedule. I do not see that happening, though. I think the Bills are going to get this win against the Giants. I think the Giants will hold, hold firm for a while. I, I think Brian Dable will scheme up some fun things to keep this game close, uh, but the Bills ultimately have more talent on their roster. There's not really a number one receiver on the Giants. It's probably Darren Waller. Saquon can do some fun things. Daniel Jones is like the Walmart version of Josh Allen. So at the end of the day, I think they can keep it close, but I'm going to take the Bills to win this game and have a bit of an offensive explosion. Give me the Bills 37 to 27. Woo! Talk about an offensive explosion indeed. My goodness. Um, yeah, I love you, you were <laughs> the offense is struggling for the past few weeks. In your scenario, yes, absolutely. I had them losing 34 to 31 and 31 to 28. I yeah. don't know if my scenario sees that as much of a question mark as yours does. Um, but I it's almost like one of those situations though that the story is almost written in itself. When you see that Miami loss, you see the Jags loss, which is it's the poor man's primetime game, even more so than a Thursday night game. Cause it's that early morning kickoff where people are eating their breakfast as they're watching football. And then you're going into a primetime game and day ball and everything like that. What could make the story even better, Josh? This is when I'm taking my shot in the dark. And this is the time that I would expect Von Miller to be activated. This is when I would expect that storyline to be even thrown into the fire and that's the kind of thing that can really get you out of a little bit of a sputter and overall a home game with an old friend that look, I respect the hell out of the giants. I love what Dable is doing over there. I think Joe Shane's doing a great job up in the you know upper office and whatnot, but they, they are outclassed by the bills top to bottom. Um, and I'm not saying that in any disrespectful way to them. It's just the bills are better. And when you look at almost every facet of the game, maybe they have what a tick at interior defensive line. Definitely. They have better tackle at least one, and then they have a better running back. Maybe, um, I, just because James cooks more of an unknown. And I do like Saquon a lot, of course, but overall, I don't have it as much of an offensive explosion as you. Um, but I also didn't think offense would be that massive of an issue going into this. And overall, with Vaughn coming back, I think this will be a fun time. This will be a fun Sunday night game. We'll be there. Shout out me um, with friends. And then it will be a 27-17 win for the Bills in prime time. And I think this is the kind of game as well, if we want to talk about narratives, that it, it should be, even though it's 27-17, it should be one of those statement games in the prime time light that then kind of gets them back on track to do what they need to do. So the bills are four and two. We have agreed on every game so far. Now they head to Foxborough to take on the Patriots. The Patriots are getting a lot of love right now. And pro football talk even said like, Hey, it's a four team race in the AFC East. And 
I don't know. I, I look at this team. I still don't see any great players on this team. I, I see a couple good ones. This isn't even comparable to what I said about Jacksonville. I don't even see a lot of very good players on this team. I see maybe a couple. And this Patriots team, to me, they they went to the bargain bin for weapons, and I think it's going to show. Maybe there's a chance they can be, have some fun with Mike Gusecki and Hunter Henry at tight end doing some 12 personnel stuff. Ramondre Stevenson's a fun running back. Their offensive line is okay. It's it's probably better than the Bills. And their defense is always going to be feisty because it's a Bill Belichick defense. But the Bills have not really struggled with the Patriots. In fact, the closest game they've had with them recently is one, the awful weather game on Monday night, and two, the week after DeMar Hamlin situation where they were just completely gassed and they still won with the Patriots having to play for their entire season. So after the Giants game where the Bills kind of take a deep breath, and they kind of remind themselves how good they can be. I think this is a get-right spot for the Bills. I think they go to New England, and I think they kind of remind the New England Patriots who's running this division, at least when it comes to these two teams. Give me the Bills 31-17 to 17 to get to 5-2. and two. Ooh, That's a lot of points there. It's definitely possible. Um, I, I like everything you said there, especially. Um, I look at this. This was a game I looked at and then coming off of the Giants game. Now you got to kind of refocus, play a Sunday one o'clock game at New England. And it's it's nice, at least that it's a Sunday one o'clock and it's not like a Thursday night game like it was last year in this uh, same feature. But overall, I look at it in a similar way where I, I see Bill Belichick being able to do what he does and limit you know opportunities for the Bills at moments and things like that. But Josh Allen eventually will come out and shine and make things happen. And then, you know, he will lose focus on the run game and James cook should have a solid outing like he did last year at new England on the Thursday night matchup. And then as I predicted with Vaughn coming back the previous week, this is when I think now Vaughn is really starting to get back in rhythm a little bit with that defense, that defense is back in rhythm, hopefully at full health. And they can just, just absolutely shut down the, the new England offense because there's just zero impact players on that offense. There is just no one that can be that X factor for them. When Ramondre Stevenson is your one guy that you need to lean on, which he is a very decent running back. I mean, I even drafted him in a fantasy league at a decent spot where I valued him. It's like, but he is the guy. And then everyone else underneath him is just really nothing. And he's depending on an average offensive line. There's just not anything that checks any boxes to me when it comes to being nervous about. So overall, I have it. As I said, I, I looked at the Thursday night game last year. And then honestly, when it comes to a score prediction, Josh, 24 to 10, exactly the same situation. It will be probably a borderline snooze fest, but overall an impressive win in its own right. They got the job done in New England and they get out there with the win. It's that's that's all that matters and that's all that needs to happen and so on. So the Bills now come back home and take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Thursday night football, another game under the lights, another standalone game. This Buccaneers team's interesting. They have some big names. I don't think a lot of their big names are still at the peak of their career. Thinking of Chris Godwin, thinking of Mike Evans. Certainly is not Tom Brady back there anymore. It is Baker Mayfield for now, although by then it could be Kyle Trask. We shall see. Bruce Arians is not there, obviously. Um, it's Todd Bowles. That is not going well. He he managed to have a losing season with Tom Brady as his quarterback, which is historically an impossibility, but he still managed to do it. Um, I look at this Bucks team in a lot of the same way. I look at this Raider, the Raiders team, the Bills played week two. They're coming to your house. 
Thursday night football to me is not as much about X's and O's. It really is about who has the better team. That should be the bills. Weird things happen on Thursday night all the time, Luca. Um, but I certainly am not going to hear recording this on labor or the day before labor day to come out and predict that the bills are going to lose to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home. <laughs> um, I, I think that the bills are going to win here, have a nice little win streak going before like a, a mini buy. And I think the bills win kind of comfortably under the lights. Give me the bills 34 to 13. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, I, I like a lot of the notes and things you said there, although you missed your opportunity for something. I know you love to say it's not about X's and O's. It's about Jimmy's and Joe's. Yeah. I, I am to be too redundant. Yeah. I am shocked. You didn't say that because that is really what Thursday night football is more about. I will read my exact singular note on this game because I think it applies so perfectly. I don't think I need to say any more. I think you said it well. I do expect Baker Mayfield to still be their starting quarterback. I am not a Kyle Trask guy whatsoever. I couldn't even believe that that was being reported as a quarterback battle. I feel like that was all fodder and nonsense. Um, but this, this is the note I wrote down for this matchup. Tampa sucks. Short week doesn't matter. Just expect a good old ass whooping. So I have the Bills winning 41 to 16. How you doing? Keep it moving. Nice and easy. Not an easier win on the schedule than this week, and, and it's not even close to me, to be quite honest. I, I just talk about outclassing the Tampa team, and if if they even need to find motivation for this game, they can think about the last time they had to play Tampa, even though it's a completely different team since you know TB12 isn't sitting over there, but they can think about that game and how they got robbed, essentially, in their mind and, and a lot of our minds, and just absolutely give it to them from start to finish. And I, I expect something to be like that. So yeah, 41 to 16 dominant win. And now it gets tough. Now it gets <laughs> really tough. And the bills go to take on the team that ended their season last year, the Cincinnati Bengals. Sorry, I'm checking on something here. Um, and this game to me, Luca is the first game coming up on the schedule. I will tell you like for whatever reason, the Miami game has always felt like a loss to me. And I don't know why. Maybe it's because like in my mind, it's like, okay, you can get us early. We'll get you late. I don't know what it is, but it, I didn't really spend too much time on it. this game. Luca, this Bengals game on Monday night, or I'm sorry, it's on Sunday night. I got the seven o'clock here. Correct. Yeah. Sunday night. Sunday night. It throws me off because normally you can just kind of look, is it seven days from the last one? But that last one is a Thursday night game. <laughs> I have really wrestled with this one. And the Bengals are tough. They're a tough out. I think we saw in the playoff game last year, they match up well with the Bills. They certainly have the weapons to score on any defense. And I think the Bills are a team that is going to is going to remember what happened last year. And maybe to their detriment, much like the years following the, the playoff losses in Kansas City, the Bills come back the next year and kind of smack them in the regular season. There was a lot of chatter coming out of, Cincinnati after that win, Joe Burrow talking about refunds. We, we all know what Eli Apple had to say, um, but I'm just kind of looking at this matchup, and I think these are two teams that are very even. I will say, Luca, if the Bills get blown out in this game, and I'm talking like 10, 13, 14, that to me is comfortable, then it's time to start having a real conversation of are the Bengals a weight class above the Bills because – on whatever we saw from that Monday night game before it ended, the Bengals were not getting any resistance from the Bills. It was very early, too small of a sample size to factor in. The playoff game was very non-competitive. 
And then the Bills, um, if they come out this year and lose by 10 or 14, I think we're going to really have to start worrying that like, okay, the Bengals have passed us now and they're up there with the Chiefs. I don't expect that to happen. I expect motivation to be on the Bills' side, and I'm going to stick with what I thought about these two teams from the get-go. If both these teams are fully healthy, and that does mean Von Miller, I think the Bills' defense has the ability to slow down this Bengals' offense, particularly with Sean McDermott calling plays. Because some of the situations we saw in the playoff game last year were why Luca and I were screaming for a defensive coordinator change on the post-game show and the very next show. All due respect to Leslie Frazier, he's accomplished a lot in this league as a player and a coach. But there were some infuriating moments in that game that I do not expect to repeat themselves under Sean McDermott. I think this game is going to be tight. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. But I think somehow, some way, our Bills find a way to win. Interestingly enough, I think when you look at Joe Burrow and Josh Allen, you think, oh, it's going to be like 35 to 31. I think these these defenses will actually kind of own the day. And it'll it'll be more about efficient offense. I'm going to take the Bills 27 to 24. I know that's not like a low scoring game, but when you, if you have fantasy football implications and you know Joe Joe Burrow and Josh Allen are going head to head on Sunday night, you're thinking, oh, this is going to be a shootout. I think it could be one of those games that's like 10 to 7 at halftime before it kind of starts taking off. So give me the Bills and a squeaker. Um, so this game that I would love an over underline just first and foremost on how many times the camera pans to the Bills sideline to show Demar Hamlin. I, I would feel like NBC is going to have that at 10 and a half. And I would really contemplate hitting the over on that one. I it's going to be a fascinating buildup of a week, especially being that the bills have a long week. So we will have from that Thursday night kind of forgettable dominant win, to be quite honest, going into football Sunday, just enjoying ourselves. And then it's like, okay, we're sitting there on Tuesday morning, you know, just giving Monday night its praise and love and everything like that. Or we're recording our episode on Sunday night, recapping, you know, what had happened with the Thursday night game while also giving maybe a sneak peek into what we're feeling now going into this Cincinnati game. And it's I number one and two is all going to be about DeMar Hamlin and the Bills coming back to Cincinnati. It's 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 inevitable. And and I'm I'm looking forward to the um the positivity that will come with that, but I'm just not looking forward to it being jammed down our throats to be quite honest. Um, but overall, there's just going to be so much going into this game. It's going to be the marquee marquee game of the week, but I had a little bit of a fun fact with this game, Josh. And, and I know I didn't even tease it to you pre episode here. And there's, there's a reason because in the betting community and anyone that really likes to dive into those weird, fun facts, crazy advanced analytic stats, there is a, there is a beautiful tip to scale stat to this game that in my mind actually matters. And I will say it now last season teams that played the San Francisco 49ers the week after were Owen 15. The only team not to lose was Kansas city because they had a buy. Now let me reiterate this because the Bengals are at the 49ers in week eight on Sunday at 425. Why I think this is not one of those crazy, stupid stats and one that matters. The 49ers traditionally are an absolutely difficult, nightmarish, horrible defense to play. And they wear you down mentally and physically where it becomes difficult to then bounce back that following week. That is what happens to all these teams. And it's not like it was just a bunch of scrubs that it somehow turned into that stretch. They played great teams. Like I said, the only one that got through that was the Chiefs. And the only reason is they had a buy the following week. Um, 
I do think that matters. I think being that the Bills play a Thursday night the week before and then the Bengals are playing Sunday and on top of it playing a very difficult game in their own right at San Francisco matters. They're going to probably get beat up a little bit in that game, assuming San Fran's at full health and everything that goes along with that. And overall, I do think this game lives up to the hype. I do believe it will be more like what you kind of said it won't be in your mind, but I have the Bills winning this game 30-27. to I see this one, though, where the Bengals have us on the hook kind of deal with, you know, five minutes left, up four, and Josh Allen gives us a beautiful on-the-road drive to win with a touchdown score under a minute left to kind of seal the deal to make it 30-27. to That's where I have this at this point. First of all, you are a gambling degenerate, but I do think that <laughs> explaining it the way you did about the physicality of the 49ers is interesting. I do want to take a pause here because I want you to react to um, what I said about if the Bills were to lose this game by double digits, because I, I do think this is kind of like if you're going to circle one game on the schedule, this might be it. W what what do you think about that? Would, would you st still be living in a world like, okay, let's take it easy. It's a one game sample size. Or, or would you start to even feel like yourself, like, oh, man, this team might just be our kryptonite? No, I, I if the Bengals do blow out the Bills or even kind of win handedly, I'll mm -hmm. say, like, say they win by 10, I would go to a place and we will have an episode and talk about kind of what are we anymore in the AFC? Reevaluate where we stand among the other NFL greats, because at that point in time, I believe the Bengals play in a much more skilled division. I think they are going to have a tougher time throughout the season. And if they can take advantage of a game like the Bills, that to me puts us kind of under the Bengals for sure. That puts us, of course, under the Chiefs as well. Um, and then I would even start to wonder, depending on how results have gone with the Bengals and say the Ravens or so on, how do we line up with those individual teams? Because the Bengals have now shown us multiple times that they've been able to take care of business when they've needed to, even though there was no result for it. If you take the extremely small sample size that was the Monday night game before the DeMar Hamlin incident. Things were not going well at that point in time for the Bills. So it's like you have now two plus games in this scenario. Now we're talking about this week nine matchup this season, two plus games now where it's like, man, things are not looking good when it comes to the Bills stacked up against the Bengals. And it could be partially that they've built a team that just matches up extremely well against the Bills. But overall, eventually you have to just respect the fact that you are not good enough to beat that team you know, in normal circumstances and you just have to catch them on an off day at this point and a serious conversation would need to be had if the Bills were to take this game and lose by, say, 10, 12 points, whatever it is, especially, I mean, if it's a blowout, Josh, say they lose by 17 plus, um, there's going to be a really tough podcast following that one, that's for sure. From Sunday night to Monday night, the Bills head home and take on the Denver Broncos. And Luca, this is the Bills' 10th game. It is the sixth standalone game think about the drought years there were so many years the bills got one standalone game and it was like a throwaway thursday night game when everybody got one of them against the dolphins six out of ten and next week against the jets we'll get into it soon it's the 320 or it's the 425 spot which is about as standalone as it gets in the sunday afternoon they have a couple more of those coming down the pike this life we're living folks is a wild, wild ride. And two people sitting here that have experienced the other end of it on Bill's fandom, when it's bad in New York, when the Giants are bad, when the Cowboys are bad, they're still relevant. 
when it's bad in Buffalo, it's like the bills don't even exist. So my advice to all of you is enjoy this ride. I had hopefully, 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 I cannot say how many hopefullys it ends with a trophy at some point, but don't let anybody ever tell you that what we're experiencing right now is a failure because this is what being a sports fan is all about. The bills have one of the best teams in the sport. They have one of the best players in the sport. We don't know how long this is going to last, but enjoy the hell out of it. Anyway, Broncos come to town. We both have the bills at eight and two. Luke and I did not share a single note before this podcast. No, this and we have the exact same win loss one. I thought I was going to blow your mind with the home Miami loss and the, the Jacksonville loss and the Bengals win. Um, I kind of had a feeling you're going to go jets win based on like the tone you had at the end of our last podcast. But I expect us to agree on this one too. Uh, Russell Wilson and Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos come to town. I think this is a team that I think internally probably realizes they're a year away. They're still tied to a quarterback that I think is breaking down. And I I think Sean Payton is an excellent coach and the Broncos are just going to kind of have to take their medicine while they play out the remainder of Russell Wilson's contract before they can move on to a better option. And I think some of the moves they made this off season show me that they're kind of building toward what life after Russ will look like. And so I don't expect the Broncos. I think the Broncos will be a tough out, but I don't think they're going to be a playoff team. I think maybe you'll see like a little bit of an improvement from Russell Wilson, but I, I still think he, he's a, um, he's a regressing player. And this is not a team that should come to Buffalo and beat the bills. Maybe you're concerned about the fact that it's kind of a sandwich spot because they played the Bengals the week before. Uh, but at the end of the day, this is a game you got to find a way to win. Maybe it resembles the Packers game from last year where it's just sloppy and maybe the bills are in control and they take their feet off, um, feet off the gas. And all of a sudden it's like, why is this game close? And the bills win, but you never feel great about it. That's kind of what I'm seeing here. Give me the bills 27 to 17 and they improved to nine and two. All right. Yeah, no, nice. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on this one. I, I don't want to give Denver the respect that they deserve. I'll be at this game as well. Shout out me again. Um, I'm Shout looking out forward me. To- <laughs> so humble, Luca. Yeah, no, I, I'm looking forward to this one because it should be just, this will be to me a change of pace than everything that I'm thinking will happen with the bills. This is a game though, where I think the one thing that's overlooked because of course of Russell Wilson, Sean Payton, all of these things, I agree hundred percent that it, we're going to start to see the transition of what they're trying to build post Russ Wilson life. Um, but overall, the thing that's overlooked is Denver has a very good defense and they have very good players overall as a unit. I think they're an impressive team when it comes to that side of the ball. And even in games last year, you would see them. They traded Bradley Chubb and their defense, their front seven was still very impressive. And they were keeping them in the games late. And somehow Russ Wilson still figured out a way to lose it. It was mind blowing at times. And um, I do think Denver has a good defense and they have, in my opinion, the best overall one-on-one corner in the game. Uh, No disrespect to sauce Gardner, but he is Patrick Sertain is unbelievable. He is just, there is no flaw in his game. He can, he is the kind of guy that can take care of digs on his own with maybe a little safety help, of course. Um, But overall, I do think the bills offense maybe isn't as impressive as we've seen in weeks prior but I do have them winning 23 to 12 just because I don't see how this Broncos offense really does anything to the bills overall, especially if they are at full health, hopefully by this point and Von Miller's even at this point close to hundred percent as he can be and things of that nature. It's just, they need a lot of Sean Payton scheming help to do anything when it comes to the offensive side of the ball. I just don't think the bills are going to be able to kind of do whatever they will against that defense because they are pretty impressive over there. So yeah, 23 to 12 is where I had it. 
I, I echo everything you said about Patrick Sertain. And I know if you're watching this and, you, and maybe you're not a Bills fan, hey, we appreciate you too. All fans are welcome. And you're like, oh, of course they're saying that because they're Bills fans. Let me tell you something. Patrick Sertain's dad was a pain in the ass on the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> and he talks trash to my favorite Bill of all time, Eric Moulds. So it, it's not like I want to say this about, I don't want to compliment his kid, but his kid's excellent. And much like the quarterback conversation, Lucas said no disrespect. If you're in the conversation for one of the best in the sport, like there's no disrespect given. Like we're talking about you know, differentiating greatness. And I would I would give almost anything on the Bills defense to get Sauce Gardner on our team. Uh, but the same holds true for Patrick Sertain. Uh, Luca, let's move on now. And the Bills have seven games left. And buckle up, everybody, because there is not one easy game left. That's why we've been talking about all along. This Bills team needs to collect wins early in the year. It's why panic would set in with the back-to-back -back losses to Jacksonville and to Miami. So now we are facing a matchup at home against the New York Jets. The Bills won the first matchup with the Jets in both of our predictions. The Bills are 2-1 and one in the AFC East in both of our predictions. I don't really want to get too, too much into matchups. Again, we talked about it earlier. I just will say overall, I expect the jets to be better at this point than they were early. Rogers will know the playbook. I do think Brees Hall will be healthier. I think, um, Elijah Vera Tucker should be back and better. Now things will come up like the players that we don't even realize are going to be out. will miss at no point last year during the schedule show. Did we know that Josh Allen would injure his UCL and Von Miller would just leave for the rest of the year. Leave is a really harsh way of putting it, but injured. So we don't know, what the, but assuming that these teams are fully healthy, which they will not be, I do think the Jets will be tougher as we go along. But all that said, I think this is one of those things where if this game was in New York, the schedule was flipped and the Bills played the Jets in the opener, I'd probably look at this and say, okay, this might be a loss. But I kind of expect home field to carry the Bills here a little bit. I think these teams at their peak are probably going to be fairly even-ish. Uh, but I expect much like the opener, in my opinion, the Bills win a close game here. I'm going to take the bills. Maybe you get, maybe this will be my, my weather prediction. Like there's snow or wind or something. Give me the bills 24 to 20. And I'm just going to randomly say it big Damian Harris game. He's a guy that has done well against the jets in the past. I think if we get a bad weather game, he has the kind of skill set that can really take advantage of that. We have seen that firsthand. And um, <laughs> I, I'll just say, this is maybe the game where Damian Harris kind of puts his stamp on the season. Bills win 20, 24 to 20. So I I am with the Jets will be a well-oiled machine by this point, I think, offensively. I, I hinted at it with our week one. I share the sentiment of if this was in New York, I actually think this could have been a spot where the Bills even lose by double digits, um, being that they really, as long as they're at full health, you know, health is obviously, as you said, paramount at this point. Um, we don't want to project any injuries or any problems, of course. So overall, because this is in Buffalo, to me, of and it's a really strange Buffalo game, though. I will say, Josh, it's a home game at 425. As you even noted, it's we're going to go down a stretch of 425 kickoffs right now. That is just mind blowing. I'm you're just if it's a Sunday game and it's not Sunday night, you're used to watching it at one o'clock, having to wait until 425 or what you love to say, 325 sometimes because you're beautiful central time you got yeah. going on over there. Um it's it's going to be strange. I actually think in a weird way that might work as a problem when it comes to the bills. It just something might feel off in a way. With yeah, an hour even. after kickoff, the lights are on. 
Yeah, exactly. It's it's just a strange environment. I feel like that's what happens a lot when the Bills had been like a 425 kickoff on week mm-hmm. 17s and 18s. You see a slow start just because it kind of messes with it a little bit. But overall, I do think I agree with you 100%. I think being at home, the home stadium environment and everything. This, though, to me and where I differentiate from you, we're not differentiating with our results. We're differentiating with how we think these games will go down. This is the game that I thought we were going to get last year when it was Bills Packers. This to me is going to be the Josh Allen versus Aaron Rodgers show. This will be a fun time. And I have the Bills winning 30 to 27 and it will be a shootout and a half. I think there's a chance. I don't want to necessarily say it with confidence, but I think there's a chance that the Aaron Rodgers thing doesn't work out for the Jets. I think there's a chance that he showed signs of decline last year that went beyond what was around him. And I think that could carry into this year, but they were a good team with you and me playing quarterback last year. So Aaron Rodgers, maybe if he's not a top five quarterback, if he's still top 15 can get it done, but it'll be interesting to track. And you know, the, the Jets, if I could take off my bills fandom hat here, there, there's not many fan bases in the NFL that deserve some good fortune more than the Jets. So, you know, just kind of put that out there in the universe. So I, I hope I, I don't need this to blow up in their face. I just need the Bills to be better than them. Um, okay. Bills, Eagles, another beauty, another three. Uh, sorry, Luca, another 425 <laughs> game. The Bills. Ha- so I have this open on Yahoo. I live in the central time zone and they just they're so kind. They put it in my time format, which doesn't help me on a podcast where I'm talking to predominantly East Coast folks. Um, so the Bills have four 425 games in a row. This is the second one. The Bills are going to the Eagles. And I thought if the Bills had made the Super Bowl last year, this would be their matchup. This is a team that I think top to bottom might have the best roster in the sport. They can run the hell out of the football. They can throw the hell out of the football. I think they have the best one-two. Not the best one-two because I think Jamar Chase is better than A.J. Brown. And that is what makes the Bengals one-two better in my opinion. But I think they have the best two in the sport. And I respect the hell out of Waddle. I respect the hell out of Higgins. I think Devontae Smith is better than those guys. That's how much I think of him and the weapons they have when you factor in Goddard. And I like what they've done this offseason. I think they're going to get a good year out of Penny. They have a great offensive line. They have about eight or nine defensive linemen that could start for a lot of teams in this league. Um, a little bit of question at linebacker, a little bit of age in their secondary. But man, this is a tough, tough team. And I'll tell you, Luca, there's not many games on this schedule that I was quicker to just hand a loss to the bills than this one. You know, obviously we're not going to have them go undefeated, but I think the Eagles are better than the bills. I think the bills would, would need some things to go their way. I will say all respect to Jalen hurts. I think he's excellent. I still think for now, for now, the bills have the better quarterback in this matchup. And that always gives you a shot. That always gives you a shot. Look at the super bowl. Eagles had the better roster by far, but the chiefs had Mahomes. And then they got some fumble luck going their way with a, with a fumble return touchdown that really turned that game. And when you have Josh Allen and Diggs, you have a shot to win every game. But I'm going to take the Bills uh, to lose this game. I'm going to say Eagles win this one. I don't think they're going to get blown out. I have a hard time picking the Bills to get blown out by anybody. That's just how much respect I have for what they have. But I'm going to say the Eagles move the ball fairly consistently and beat the Bills 31 to 23. Okay, that's that makes sense. So. It's really funny. As you mentioned earlier, we did not share these notes. We did not share our thoughts at all. I even made sure I typed mine in an offline Word document. Uh, 
not our shared document that we like to use when it comes to our outlines. We do, we just seem to be doing this thing so much with each other that we share a mind of a, like what our opinions are, but where I will separate once again on this matchup, if it wasn't for quarterback, the bills would be outmatched at every other position in this game. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's like, it, it's, it, and in some regards, it's not even close. Like offensive nope. line, <laughs> don't even don't even bother defensive line they get the check mark to me you look at their linebackers that's where i think maybe you can make an argument but overall as a unit yeah. as a whole i think the eagles are better i think secondary when it comes to that the eagles don't have one that jumps off the page as phenomenal but i think they work again as a collective unit very very well and I think that's where maybe they just have a little bit more of the team speed aspect where we have the brains kind of deal in our secondary. Um, but then you look at the offensive side of the ball and it's like, good luck. Uh, but it's we are just mashed up so poorly against this team. <laughs> like this is, I know you said you wouldn't want to say a blowout. This is a blowout to me. This is okay. like, you better buckle up to get a, <laughs> get your ass kicked. Sorry, pardon my French. I really do think the Eagles make a statement in this game. I think this will be a big game going into the week. I think based on what we've projected, obviously the bills have a very good record. The Eagles should also in their own right, have a very good record. This will be a very talked about game. It's in a prime slot, the 425 slot. And overall though, I think the Eagles just put on a clinic against the bills. I think this is going to be a problem. This is going to be one that, we're going to see a sad Josh Allen. We're going to see very depressed individuals in that locker room. The scoreline doesn't even express how much of a blowout I think this is. This is a Bills loss 38 to 23. And again, it's not even that close. I think the Eagles just match up so well against the Bills and just have such high end line play that it is a disaster for the Bills and it will not be a pretty game to watch at all. The Eagles have the ability to avalanche anybody because if they get a lead and force you to throw, and I, I just got nauseous thinking about the Bills' offensive line, Spencer Brown blocking this front. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm with you. I, I think this is a challenging, challenging matchup. And it, it's if the Bills ever make it to the Super Bowl, with, with and I, I really just hope this Eagles team isn't there waiting for them because I think this is a team that is just going to be an absolute pain. I will say, if, if, if you're down on what we're saying, there are paths for the Bills to catch the Eagles by the time this game happens. Does Dalton Kincaid hit the league running as a star? Because if he does, the weapons are fairly close. Is James Cook, um, does he go from being like a middle-of-the-road running back that pops in times to being a good running back? That helps a lot. Is is Osiris Torrance, by this point in the season, a plus guard? Because I don't think, you know, I think he's a rookie, so right now he's just a starting guard baseline. Is he a plus guard? That helps a lot. What version of Spencer Brown are we seeing? Is the back issues real? from last year. And maybe, maybe he is going to be a baseline starter as opposed to a liability we saw last year. Does Gregory Rousseau turn into a star, which is something you and I are both predicting, but we need to see it. What version of Von Miller do we get? And if Greg Rousseau is a star and Von Miller is Von Miller, like, holy cow, good luck. And, you know, I don't want to get into an Ed Oliver conversation because then it feels like (laughs) we're just kind of like wishing beyond wishing. Um, The Christian Kirksey thing is not nothing to me because you and I both have talked offline. Like, they have a real problem, middle middle linebacker. Like they have a middle linebacker, whether it's AJ Klein, who is just too slow to do anything, or Tyrell Dotson, who just has quite frankly no idea what he's doing. If Christian Kirksey by this point in the season comes in and just stabilizes things and is not a weakness on the field and is a leader in that huddle, that's huge. And are Hayden Poyer Hayden Poyer? Like that, 
that to me, I mean, there are paths for the Bills to be better than the, the Eagles at this point in time. But right now, sitting here um, Labor Day weekend, it sure feels like I, I'd be kind of a jerk to predict that. It'd be disingenuous. So I just wanted to say that because I, I felt like we piled on the Bills a little bit there. But it, that should be more taken as respect for the Eagles. Speaking of teams, we, we should all be respecting at this point. Another 425 start. The Bills are back at Arrowhead, which apparently they are contractually obligated to go to at least once a year, every single year for the rest of our lives. And the Bills are taking on their old nemesis, the Kansas City Chiefs. And Luca, stop me if you heard this one before, but I think roster-wise, top to bottom, the Bills have a better roster than the Chiefs. I think they get a lot of credit for rookies playing last year, but when you look at what their roster is looking like going forward, a lot of those rookies that started last year are not going to be starting this year. I think a lot of those rookies started by necessity. They tore some stuff down and they still won the Super Bowl to their credit. I am forever jealous until I see my team do it, but I do think top to bottom, the Bills have the better roster. But what I will say, the Bills have won two matchups in a, or they've won two out of three in Arrowhead and they've won two regular season matchups in Arrowhead. And quite honestly, they should have won the playoff matchup in Arrowhead with, if not for a historic collapse. And I don't think that these two teams are that different where I think that the Bills just have a business going on a three-game winning streak in the regular season at Arrowhead. And so I do think this is going to be a Bills loss. And maybe because of the fact that I do think Patrick Mahomes is a notch above Josh Allen, he's a notch above everybody, it's just how far down the notches you want to get to, I just give them a lot of respect in their building. I thought the Bills were clearly the better team last year, and that game came right down to the wire. And uh, I, I'm just going to say this one comes right down to the wire and the bounces go the Chiefs way. I don't really have a real matchup reason. If Chris Jones is not back, I, I will absolutely be Friday night Bills chat live saying the Bills are going to win this game. But I'm going on the assumption that Chris Jones is there. He is he is like an Aaron Donald effect on that defense. He makes it all make sense. If he's gone, just sit back and watch how terrible that defense becomes. Trust me, there are not a lot of stars in that defense outside of him, if he's gone, it, it's going to be a mash unit. Now, they'll still win games because they got Mahomes. But uh, right now, I'm going to say the Bills lose a close one in Kansas City, and I have them on a two-game losing streak. We'll call this one 27-24 Chiefs. You love that 27-24 scoreline. I just want to point that one out. I, I I actually almost had it typed in before you even said the score. Have line. I done it like three times now? I think you have 27-24 three times at this point in time. <sighs> this... And you you love like 24-23, 24-14, This is the you difference love... between you and me. You write this all out. I have my wins losses out there. And like as I'm talking, I just shoot a score out. And then, of course, my brain is so simplified. It goes like, oh, 27-24. I also yeah. look at betting lines, see what they have there early over unders on. I like to okay. see where the sports books like it because look, as much as people don't want to admit it, those individuals that pay attention to that stuff know what the heck they're doing. There's a reason <laughs> those lines are set the way they are at this point in time. And of course they will move eventually as the season progresses. Um, I will also just say at this point in time, I would fully expect Jones to be back. Um, he says he'll be holding out if he needs to until week eight. The fact that that deadline is there, meaning that he will come back you know, when he has to, essentially, he has to report at that point in time for it then to be a season that he is considered eligible and move on forward with his life professionally. Um, so I would expect him to be back this game. So it would be fascinating if he's not playing this game. That would definitely change everything. What I will say, though, that I don't think you mentioned and I find interesting is the Bills do have a couple things working in their favor. I, I do think when it comes to this game, one 
everything I said about the Eagles matchup is the polar opposite. I think the Bills, and we've talked about this at length, they are just built for this matchup. They match up so well against Kansas City and what they like to do and where their weaknesses are and things like that, that there's a reason we've seen that recent success in Arrowhead. And it's not just because for whatever reason we caught them on an off day. And then on top of that, what you also failed to mention entirely, which is fine because we're talking about, you know, season predictions here. We don't need to talk about the bye week, but the bills are coming off of bye week. Whereas Kansas city had played a Sunday night game in Lambeau against whatever the Jordan love look <laughs> led green Bay Packers look like, but they have a game the previous week on a primetime slot that they have to take seriously. They have to take, they cannot overlook that game. It would be, Kind of, I wouldn't expect the Chiefs to be that kind of team. Andy Reid is not the type of coach I feel like would ever look ahead or get caught looking ahead. Um, but especially with the spotlight on you, that you have the media attention and things like that that just naturally draw your attention to that game. They will not be able to focus on the week later. So with those things in mind, I, I do think that works into the Bills' favor. And again, with that matchup. It just it works so well if Vaughn is back to what he can be and Rousseau is blowing up the way he is and that edge presence is there. And I think that Kansas City's tackles, even though there's different ones in there, is still kind of a liability to them. That play is not going to be great. And then if they can just get things done in Torrance on Jones will be a fascinating matchup. I think Torrance has got the lower body to handle an individual like Jones. I'll just say it that way. You know, it's not about being, you know, big in the bottom, but he's got the base to handle some big rusher up the middle. So we will see how that goes. And overall, I actually think the bills win this one. We finally disagree, Josh. Yes. I finally. Think the, bills, the bills off the bye week will go to arrowhead at a four twenty five slot. Like we should be grown to accustomed to at this point. And they will win this game 27 to 23. I do find this to be kind of, it will be a game I see happening in a very similar fashion to last year where the Bills have a lead, Mahomes has the ball in hand, and luckily our pass rush or whatever is needed gets home for us and locks it down at that point in time. I can see kind of that script working its way again. And then that that I, I think this is the game that regardless of what happens in the Cincinnati game, the ultimate hierarchy triangle happens where it's like, well, Say, say, although I said we beat the Bengals and as you did as well, it's like, look, if the Bills lose to the Bengals, but then the Bills beat the Chiefs and then all of a sudden the Chiefs beat the Bengals, it's like you just have these three Giants at the top and then they just split all the games and the tiebreakers basically go to crap. <laughs> it's like, OK, what do we do from here now? And it, it'll be a fascinating conversation to be had. But yeah, I do like the Bills in this matchup. I do think they win just because on paper, I, I really do think they match up well. And then you give them the bye week to kind of get that extra week to game plan. So I, I think it's a big advantage. I like it. I, I'm glad we disagreed. So I have the Bills at nine and four. You have them at 10 and three and a home tilt with the Dallas Cowboys. That should be a fun game. The last time the Bills played the Cowboys, it was Thanksgiving in 2019, which was a very memorable, memorable game for a lot of us. It felt like the dawning of a new era of these bills, like the Josh Allen coming out party, perfect spot, Jerry world Thanksgiving. And this Cowboys team is interesting. I don't think they're great. I think they're good. I think they have some studs. Um, it's obviously the digs versus digs matchup. I, Tony Pollard's a good running back. I think they still have a decent offensive line. Their defense is very good. Their uh, Lawrence and Parsons are, are really tough on the edge. I think Stefan Gilmore was the perfect cornerback to pair with Trayvon Diggs. Because I do think as much hype as Trayvon Diggs gets, um, at least if we're seeing the Gilmore that we saw last year, I think teams will more so avoid Gilmore. And Diggs is like that perfect cornerback to take advantage of being thrown at because he is a ball hawk. I don't think he's as good as some people think he is, 
but he makes plays on the ball. They're going to have a fun defense, but I'm going to take you all back. And I'm talking Bill's Cowboys. Don't get, don't get afraid. I'm not talking about a Super Bowl. I'm going to take you all back to last year on this show. And I said, the NFL is weird. You, you can't just go through the schedule and pick games, win, loss, win, loss. All the home games are going to be wins and, you know, split the, split the road games. And I went through this schedule and I was trying to find that one weird game. Where's that Colts game where the Colts just randomly come in and blow us out? Where's that Vikings game that I actually called last year on the show, not knowing about Josh Allen's injury. Something weird is going to happen. The Bills will lose this game. I have to give them some, some unexpected win. I'm giving the Cowboys a win here. And I have the Bills on a three-game losing streak at this point. And my reason is the Cowboys, to me, seem like a team that historically, they play well this time of year. They kind of tease you. They make you think that they're going to be really good. And as Stephen A. Smith likes to say, they like to break their their fans' hearts in the playoffs. Now, granted, the, you could say the same thing about the Bills, I suppose. I think the Bills are a better football team than the Cowboys, but I think that the Cowboys can play with the Bills on their best day. And I just think it could be one of those games where maybe Josh Allen's off, or maybe they have no answer for Micah Parsons, or maybe they just can't solve the secondary. And, you know, whatever it is, this to me is one of those. I'm not going to give you a great X's and O's reason for it because I truly do believe the Bills are the better team, but the NFL is a weird sport. Good luck picking any random week and getting more than 10 games right on a 16-game slate. Um, a lot of things point to a Bills win here, but I want to keep it realistic. I think the Bills are going to lose a game we're not expecting, so for me, it's this Cowboys game. I'm also going to keep it realistic, but not in the same way you are. I We are different on this game, and boy, are we different for... It's not a lot of reasons, but we are different for reasons. And I'm just going to paint the picture that I thought I tried to do so well on our rivals watch. When it comes to the Dallas Cowboys, I couldn't respect them little enough. There are so many reasons that this Dallas Cowboys team should go down in flames. Now, I'm not saying they're going to be a four win team like they have too much talent. You have Micah Parsons, a defensive player of the year type of player. You have individuals on offense. I think Brandon Cooks was actually a great ad for them. I think he should be fun for that offense. I think there's things there, but Brandon Cooks would have been a lot more fun for this offense if. Kellen Moore was their offensive coordinator and not Schottenheimer. It, it's like, there's so many reasons where it's like, okay, yeah, I like this. Oh, Tony Pollard should be able to finally now be that guy who can excel because he's the only one there. But what tells you he should be able to do that? And then who are they going to lean on if he actually can't? Because there's no one there anymore. You don't have your kind of Zeke handcuff sitting there. That is a reliable three yards when he falls forward. Like there isn't that guy. And let me also say this about Zeke, by the way, because he's in our division now, unfortunately, with the Patriots. Not that it's that big of a deal, but he's an underrated pass catcher, too. Like in a pinch, he can get you out, you know, in the flat and stuff like that. Make a man miss and then turn it into a four yard gain. If you need that on third and one, guess what? That's a first down. So it, it's it's one of those things where it's like there's reasons to like them. I think the Stefan Gilmore point is a phenomenal one. I don't respect their safeties at all. So now you're just putting them on islands and I do not respect Trayvon Diggs as a corner when it comes to just matching up one-on-one. -on -one. And I expect to see the bills and, and Diggs especially to be vocal and trying to get him matched up on his brother as much as possible. And when it comes to a Diggs matchup, I'm going to take Stefan 11, 11 out of 10 times. Like he will absolutely dominate his brother. It won't even be close. And Allen will make sure he puts it in the right spot each and every time. And this is the game I have even noted with asterisk marks as the Mike McCarthy gets fired game. Oh. This is the one 
that puts it over the ledge. And we finally see Jerry Jones go, I'm done with this. This is over. We can't do this anymore. I don't even care what their record is at this point. It will just be an embarrassment. The scoreline might not even show it this way, but I think this is where the class of the Bills shines in that 425 spot. Coming off of a nice, impressive win with the Chiefs, they will win this game 38-20. to It will be an absolute gem of a game, and I am looking very much forward to watching the demise of the Cowboys and the average that is Dak and Mike McCarthy saying, see you later. Well, yeah, we are different. I have the Bills nine and five. I, I agree with you. The Bills are better, but it was more of a, just picking a spot. You have the Bills <laughs> at 11 and three. In my scenario, Luca, it's panic time. They're on a three-game losing streak. They just lost at home to the Cowboys, and the division is probably very much in question, and now they're facing a road game in Los Angeles to take on a team that is perceived to be an upper echelon AFC team in the Los Angeles Chargers. Did you say a score, by the way, for that game? Just real quick. Did I miss the score? Oh, you know, I don't think I did say a score for that one. Okay, let me do 27, 24. No, I'm just kidding. Just <laughs> kidding. Just kidding. Um, I'm going to, you know, let's just make it really weird. We'll go. Uh, I was going to say 20 to 19. I don't want to do that. We'll go uh, 23, 17. Oh, there you go. That's a nice I think one. it's going to be one of those games where the, where the offense just. Cowboys win. That would be the scoreline. I would yeah. feel like it would be one of those grind fests. Yeah. Absolute sense. defensive touchdown happens too. Oh yeah. Trayvon, yeah. Trayvon Diggs pick six. Oh boy. Yeah, and if he gets a pick six on a play intended for Stefan Diggs, it's going to be like Diggs up and down the sideline, just <laughs> yelling at anybody he can find, yelling at a cheerleader who doesn't exist because the Buffalo Jills haven't been a thing for five years. Okay, so in my scenario, it's panic time. The Bills are dropped drop three games in a row. Um, they're probably not even leading the division at this point, and they're heading to L.A. to take on the Chargers. And Nick Wright and Stephen A. Smith and Ryan Clark and anybody who's just ready to say that the, the unfortunately Chris Sims, um, anybody that's ready to say, told you, told you these bills aren't ready. They're going to have their moment this week because the bills are taking on a very tough team. And I respect the chargers. I think the chargers kind of like the bills last year had a lot of injury luck go against them. Bosa did not play a lot of the year. Derwin James missed a bunch of time. Mike Williams missed their playoff game because their coach is an idiot. They do have Kellen Moore, that guy that Luca just talked about. They have great wide receivers. Keenan Allen could not stay healthy last year. He should be back. Rashawn Slater could not stay healthy last year. He will be back. But what I think happens in this game is the Bills tumbling off of three losses in a row go to L.A. and they win, and they win comfortably, and they remind the world that we are not going away. And I think that this is an anything-you-can-do-we-can-do-better kind of game. I think it'll be a shootout for a bit and the bills will end up outclassing the chargers and it'll be the kind of game that everybody looks around and says, now what do we do with the bills? We were ready to write them off for dead. And now they go put down the chargers bills win 38 to 28. And that 28 is a garbage time touchdown at the end. The game never feels close. And we are really all enjoying our holidays after that win. I like that scoreline. I like your thought process. I will say shout out for you mentioning Kellen Moore, because that would be a point I, of course, would have brought up and would have been the beautiful tie in being like, hey, that team that you just got the yeah. head coach fired on. Now you play the reason that they probably lost in the first place. Here you go. Kellen Moore, now the offensive coordinator in L.A. for the Chargers. This to me had one note on it, Josh. This is the note I had for it. All caps game of the year incoming. This is the game I cannot wait for this year. This is the one that I feel has absolute five-star potential on. 
I do believe this will be a back and forth thing. I think Kellen Moore is a phenomenal addition for Herbert and that offense. They get Quentin Johnston, who at this point could be flourishing as kind of that one-two punch with Keenan rotating in and out. And then you have Mike Williams, if he's healthy as well on the outside, there's so many things to like about the chargers. Eckler, of course, you know, just didn't even mention him. And it's like, you know, top five fantasy pick in a lot of leagues, you know, might as well mention the guy. Um, but overall, it's just it's it's a heck of a game on paper. It will live up to what it is. It's a Saturday night game on prime exclusive, uh, you know, Peacock, right? Or Peacock, peacock? Sorry, yeah, Peacock, Peacock. You yeah. are absolutely. I, I was. I knew we streaming. had a Peacock game. I yeah, I was streaming. I, I was thinking streaming. My apologies. Yeah, Peacock. Which hopefully wherever I find myself, that's a Christmas weekend. I might find myself on the island. You know, don't spoil it to anyone that's listening to this because that's still in the works. But we're still figuring that whole situation out. But overall, this is a game that wherever I find myself, I will make sure I devote all of my attention to. No disrespect to any family I might be with. It's just. This is going to be an absolute beauty. And I actually think it's going to be a fun back and forth game, but I share the same thing where this is the game that then gets even national media attention and pundits, even though in my scenario, they don't need this. This is the one that kind of puts the stamp on like, hey, they're not going anywhere and stuff. And the darling that is the Chargers just got outclassed. And I think the big difference, to be quite honest, Josh, McDermott takes a lot of slack and stuff, but I don't find him being the overwhelming issue when it comes to the Bills in critical moments. And that's exactly what the Chargers have at their head coaching. Like he, Brandon Staley is just, I'm going to be respectful and call him a joke. I, they need to change that situation fast. I mean, with respect like that, who needs this respect? <laughs> right. So overall, I do like a lot of things with the Chargers. I think this will be a very fun game. Game of the year potential. I have this as game of the year. I have the Bills winning 34 to 31 in an absolute gem. Love it. I can't wait for that game. And I do hope that the fact that it's lined up on Christmas doesn't work against the Bills because you've mentioned before, maybe the fact that it's a Christmas weekend could limit the travel we would normally see from Bills Mafia because I think any other week, that stadium is 60% Bills fans. I just really do. But it's a Saturday. So it's a Saturday holiday weekend. It might work in favor. And like I feel like you'll just get a different crowd that travels there. That's what I'm thinking. So I have the Bills at 10 and 5. You have them at 12 and 3. Coming home to take on the New England Patriots. And, you know, we already talked about the matchups here. I think this is historically when the Bills during the drought would play the Patriots, there'd be one game that was close and the bills would lose and it'd be frustrating. And then there'd be one game that was just like, why is this our lives? This is going to be the, why is this our lives game for the Patriots? And the bills are not going to play their best game. I think weather could be an impact. I think looking ahead to the next week could be an impact. I think coming off of the emotions of the previous week could be an impact, but they're going to win. And it's going to be the kind of week that you're going to want to tune into Boston radio. Cause it's probably going to put the nail in the coffin of the Patriots season with this loss. The timing seems to work out well. Buffalo, 19, New England, 6. Give me the Bills win. I think it's the kind of game that you're just watching and you're just, if you're a Patriots fan, you're like, why can our offense not do anything? We're actually slowing down Josh Allen. How many times during the drought did we have a game where it was like, we are actually slowing down Tom Brady. They have 12 points and it's the third quarter and we only have 10 points. And that's what this is going to be. So it's going to yeah. be an ugly game. You have to mix in some ugly games because they're not all going to be 27, 24. Uh, <laughs> but this one is going to be ugly in a Bills win, 16 to 6. And for the third year in a row, the Patriots season comes to an end mathematically or officially because of the Buffalo Bills. 
Ooh, like that little dig, the little knife mm -hmm. in the ribs there. Um, no, yeah, you would look across the field though and realize, oh, it's because we have Kelly Holcomb in at quarterback. Damn. Uh, Damn it. <laughs> Why did I believe in this? <laughs> so um, yeah, this is a game. I so I don't look at any of these games. I will say I probably should be like assuming that a Bills or two Bills home games will be bad weather. It's probably yeah. bad not to assume such a thing, but I just don't do that because we're looking at it on paper. So I will just assume health is not a massive issue and weather is not a massive issue. I also now share the same sentiment. This is the one where the Patriot fans go, why is this our life? This is the home finale for the Bills. This will, if you're following along with mine, as Josh has said, the Bills are in a fairly good situation when it comes to their season at this point in time in my world. And this is kind of the emphatic, uh, no spoiler alert, but the emphatic finish to what is becoming a beautiful season at home against the Patriots, which some still seem to have some spite for. But at this point, do they really matter anymore to us? Um, no disrespect, but disrespect deserved. Um, so yeah, I have it as a bills win 33 to 20 and it's not even that close again. It's just, look, the bills outclass them and the Patriots have no X factors. And now you're in our house. Like, what are you going to be able to do to slow us down? And what are you going to be able to do to drive down the field? Like that 20 points could all, you know, you could be having a touchdown and a field goal happening in the fourth quarter at that point. Like I, I just don't see Von Miller and Rousseau are off the field all of a sudden, like things like that could be happening in this game come later on. And it's, yeah, just an emphatic bills win. All right. Well, in your scenario, Luca, you have the bills with three losses. So they're 13 and three. And they're heading to Miami and the bills have beaten the chiefs, beaten the Bengals, swept the jets, beaten the chargers. So there is a very realistic possibility that the bills have everything locked up, which is the best case scenario heading into this week. In my scenario, I don't think the bills have everything locked up. Certainly not like number one seed and maybe not even division. And that is the worst case scenario. And I know you're thinking, well, that's pretty obvious, but no, I think more than any other year, you want to not have this game matter because the bills are going to be trudging along here, playing games in Philadelphia, Kansas city, Buffalo, new England, cold weather, practicing in 10 degrees. And they're going to go down to Miami and play a game, not in 110 degrees, but it's going to be like 80 degrees or 70 degrees. And it's going to feel like 110 because their bodies are used to about 10. And if this game is intense and they have to have it, this is the kind of game that I think could absolutely zap their energy before the playoffs. And that's a worst case scenario to me. That's the situation I have the bills in situation that Luca has probably had the bills avoided. If this needs to be a Kyle Allen game, hundred percent or, you know, whoever the bills whoever. decide. Yeah. Whoever the bills get at quarterback, um, not Josh Allen comes in for a cup of coffee and leaves. Uh, but in my scenario, they have to win and maybe even for the division. And I'm going to go on the assumption that the dolphins are healthy. I'm going to go on the assumption that everybody's there. That's a big assumption. And I'm going to stand by what I said, that the Dolphins can punch with the Bills and beat the Bills. But I'm giving the Bills a win because that I'm not admitting the Dolphins are better than the Bills. I think the Dolphins are almost as good as the Bills. I don't think they're going to sweep the Bills. And I think if it's the money game, the money of all money games, everything on the line, uh, division titles on the line, hats and T-shirts on the line, the Bills walk out of that stadium with a victory. Both of these teams, I think, have a very good shot of going to the playoffs. Heck, this could be a game that you see week 18 and wildcard weekend. Uh, but on this day, I think the Bills are the last one standing. They get the win. They make up for that week four loss. Uh, it matters for both teams. The Bills clinch the division. 
They probably at what are they? They're 12 and five in my scenario, probably a two or three seed and uh, back in the playoffs we go. Let's uh, hear a score prediction real quick there on that one. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm so bad at this. <laughs> um, I think in this scenario, um, I, the way I feel about this game, where if it all if it all kind of played out like this, I'm going to go 27-17. I think it's going to be mm. one of those games where the Bills don't just win, but it's it's pretty clear like who the better team is. Okay, I like that score. You know, it's not 27-24. It's far from yeah. Um, so yeah, in my scenario here. The Bills are sitting in a spot where I don't know if they have the top seed locked up, but things feel good. They feel comfortable. This is one where I think Josh Allen and Diggs get dressed. They get ready. They play a drive to keep the rust off of their shoulders. But then, yeah, you find them in baseball caps on the sideline by halftime. There's no reason to risk the overwhelming things that are going on here, the bigger picture. And it's it's one of those situations where Miami could find themselves needing to win this game when it comes to getting the five spot rather than the four spot or the six spot or the seven spot, whatever that might be. I do feel the Dolphins have the potential to be a playoff team and our predictions that we did the record wise. If you listen to our rivals watch, I may not have felt that way when it comes to their schedule, but that was also projecting them not to be healthy in this scenario. We are projecting health is not a problem. And as you and I have both pointed out, they are a very good team and very dynamic team at full health. And if they need to win this game and they are at good health, they should be able to defeat the Kyle Allen or whoever the heck is playing quarterback for the bills. And then even you probably don't see your Von Millers. You probably don't even see your Micah Hydes and or Jordan Poyers. You don't see those individuals out there for a full 60 minutes. And therefore, the Dolphins will come away with a win. I have it at 27 to 15 for just a beautifully weird scoreline to finish the season. Um, but that's just kind of where I sit it. It's not one of those losses where obviously we're hanging our heads on because the bigger picture matters and everything should be in a good spot following that game. All right. Well, Luca, your final record for these bills is 13 and four. And I finish with a record of 12 and five. Did you do anything with the playoffs? I did not do anything with the playoffs only because I didn't, you know, I'm not sitting here predicting all 32 teams to then yeah. all of a sudden have a seating where I understand where they could go. Things of that nature. If you did Josh, if you did a playoff, okay. Whew. No, I will <laughs> tell you though. I'm ready to tell you how I think the bill season will end. Okay. Are, are, you, are you, are you able to, you, I can you, I can absolutely tell you how I think the Bills season will end and stuff like that. I will I will absolutely put my uh, neck out there. I will say this real quick for betting purposes because have to put that in there. Um, if you are aware of the over under wins line for the Bills, we even talked about it. I think uh, during the AFC uh, East Rivals Watch, I know I mentioned at some point in time. The current line is at ten and a half. The Bills have not finished under that since Josh Allen's sophomore season. Maybe I'm trying to think when they were a wild card. Were they 10 wins that season? I want to say. So that was the last time they finished under 10 or 10 or under in wins. They were 13, 11, and 13 again. Just love the over on that. I feel like the value, yeah. and I think it's like even money at this point, too. Uh, not even money for the over. I'm just saying, or sorry, I should say even odds between the over and the under at 10 and a half. It's not split heavy on the over. Um, so overall, if you like your kind of uh, futures, Love the over 10 and a half on the bills. It's just, it's one that I feel like and confident in they can sustain wins throughout a year. Obviously, as we went through this exercise, you should bet that over. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you have Josh Allen on your side. It feels like you should be able to win 11 games. I think the bills will make the playoffs. I think the bills will be 
probably a team that has to play on wild card weekend. I think they'll probably be a three, three or four seed. They're going to win their division. Um, they're going to win wild card weekend. They're going to advance to the divisional round. They're going to go on the road on the divisional round, and they're going to take on a team like a Cincinnati or Kansas City, and they're going to win. They're going to get their first road win under McDermott and Allen. They're going to make it to the AFC Championship game, Luca, and that's where this one's going to come to an end for me. I can't predict this Bills team to go to the Super Bowl. Um, that doesn't mean they can't, but sitting here right now, I think there are some concerns that leave me feeling a little bit short of predicting this team making the Super Bowl. I think they do advance to the AFC title game, but in my scenario, we enter another offseason where a lot more questions than answers. Good run, good season, uh, but I can't sit here on Labor Day weekend with confidence and say that I think this team's going to win the Super Bowl or make it there. Uh, but they're certainly one of the teams that's in the mix. It would not shock me if they do, uh, but I'm just not ready to predict it. So when it comes to how I think the playoffs play out, and if I had to do a real quick evaluation on how I understand what's going to happen. So I mentioned it earlier with the Bengals. The Bengals are in what I believe to be the toughest and deepest division in the National Football League. I think Pittsburgh being a fringe playoff team, which I think in their own right, the Patriots could be seen as that way. I just would put the Steelers over the Patriots at this point in time. I think there's more potential. There's more ceiling to their game. And then when it comes to the Browns and then also the Ravens, I respect those teams a lot. I think the Browns are sneaky when it comes to potentially going from seller to division winner overall. And because of that, I do think that the Bills should be able to finish above them. But I don't think they will actually end up with the buy, even at 13 and four, because Kansas City has one thing in their advantage. That is they get to play the Vegas Raiders twice. They get to play the Broncos twice. And then also on top of that, they play the NFC North. And that is not exactly a juggernaut right now. So they have what is kind of an easier schedule. I mean, look, no schedule is easy, but they have an easier schedule compared to like the Bills, who have definitely a very difficult schedule. Um, and overall, I think the Chiefs will end up as a 14 and three, maybe even 15 and two team where the Bills were one of those two losses. And let's throw the Bengals in there. Like there could be a world where Kansas City loses only to the Bengals and Bills and just wipes the floor with everyone else. Or maybe they lose to the Chargers once, whatever it might be. So overall, I think the Bills will be kind of that two seed. And that's kind of where I see them sitting with going into that week 18, where it's like, hey, we're not going to. They could eclipse Kansas City. But if you look at Kansas City's schedule, I believe uh, they played Denver week 18. And at that point, that team could be rough. And it's you shouldn't be putting all your eggs in that basket like they're going to lose. So overall, you're comfortable. I do think they get out a wild card weekend, no matter who they're playing, whether it's the Steelers, whether it's you know, whoever it is, I think the one problem would be the Dolphins. I would be concerned about that um, just because on a one-off, they definitely have that potential. I do think that they get out of a divisional round situation. I think being at home, whether it's the Bengals or in this scenario, could be someone like the Browns, wink, wink. I do like their betting odds, people. I think it's plus 330 to win the division right now. It's pretty good value. Um, they, Whatever that situation is, I'll just leave it. I think being at home should be able to get them over the line. They get to the conference championship game. And this is a situation where I'm not going to bet against Kansas city, but Kansas city has to then go through their own, right? Whatever it might be. And then if I think, let's say the Browns win the division in the AFC North, then where are the Bengals sitting? They might be sitting in that five spot. If the Bengals are sitting in that five spot, they have to go to Arrowhead in the divisional round. I think Cincinnati matches up very well against Kansas City. And you could see a situation where maybe the Bills are hosting that conference championship game. And if that were to happen, 
I am fairly confident, even if it were to be against those Bengals, they would be able to take care of business because they don't need any more motivation going into that. There's so many things on the line. And I'm not saying that it's a for sure thing, but in my mind, I see the world where, yes, this team, because of all the noise that's going on or the lack thereof when it comes to hype and more so of the doubts and things like that, it's easier in-house motivation for this team to me. And I think that's the kind of environment that individuals like Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, and dogs like that can thrive in that I do believe they can win a conference championship. I do believe they can make the Super Bowl. I believe they will make the Super Bowl. I have even put money on it for them to make the Super Bowl and play against the San Francisco 49ers market down people. It will be happening. And overall, I don't know how that game will go from there. I'm not going to be sitting here saying they're going to win the Super Bowl. I just think that there's a lot of things to like because it's not being talked about or because they're even being doubted that I think the mental kind of strength of a lot of these leaders is kind of to thrive in that environment more so than the hype machine that they dealt with last year and then got piled on with adversity. Now they are a much tougher team and McDermott's ready to handle that kind of situation when it comes to managing the men in-house. And I do think they can kind of run through it here. And overall, this could be that year. And I do believe is the year that they at least make it to that last game of the season. Yes. I would love to see it. I would love to see it. And would, I would you love, love to see it against the Niners? Oh yeah. If, it, if I avoid the, I mean, look, I would, I would love to see it against anybody. I, get there and take your shot. You got Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. Take, take your shot. I, even if it's the Eagles, but yeah, I'd sign up for the Niners in a heartbeat because it's like, I get to avoid the Eagles because the Eagles to me have as much talent as the Niners with a elite quarterback. I don't know that Brock Purdy is that, but. Oh, don't, don't be doubting Kyle Shanahan, man. Don't be doubting Kyle Shanahan. If I like, I love me. Yeah, I love me some Nick Sirianni, though. I really think he's a good coach. Um, all right, Luca. Well, that was fun. About 90-ish minutes of going over the schedule. and But the best part about this entire episode is the time for talking is over. Like, we have had this entire offseason from the moment you and I went on the air post-game after the Bengals game to put a bow on last year's disappointing season and wonder what this offseason would bring what the fallout would be navigating through things like Leslie Frazier leaving Tremaine Edmonds, leaving Jordan Poyer, staying Dalton Kincaid, getting drafted Stefan Diggs drama. It's all brought us to this point. We survived training camp. We survived the preseason. We're on the brink of this season. The bills are one of the betting favorites to get it done. And we will find out if they're going to get it done. The next time you hear from Luca and me on bills chat, it will be a tennis Tennessee. Oh my goodness. What am I thinking? Tennessee. Uh, It'll be a New York jets pregame show. And when I say pregame show folks, I mean, everything you will possibly want to know about that matchup. We will be taking a magnifying glass to every weakness on the jets. We will be fully versed in what their practice habits were like this week. Who's in, who's out Brees hall in out Elijah Vera Tucker. How's he looking? And we're going to have it all for you. And we will obviously give an updated prediction. We both predict the Bills to win tonight, but we are going to update those predictions as we go along. And the day the next episode hits, I want you all to hear this. The next time you hear mine and Luca's voice, it'll be game day. Let's all think about that for a second. And once the season gets underway, our game preview show will be our Friday night Bills chat live on Built in Buffalo. 
And then our Bills Chat podcast the, that drops Monday morning will be our post-game show that we enjoy very much. Uh, but since it's starting off on Monday night, has a little bit of a different spin to it. Luca, any final thoughts before we get out of here and don't come back until the season is underway? I just thought about it. It's like the polar opposite of last year, where last year we dealt with uh, multiple posts. No, I'm trying to think. No. So we had to do like kind of the post game on our podcast new or no, we did a post game on our live show, then kind of like the post game pregame going into the next week and then had another post game and stuff like that. We now have a bunch of pregames and, you know, Mm -hmm. going into games and stuff. But yes, it's exciting to kind of think about the prospect. That is our next episode being the day it will come out to the folks that enjoy listening to us the day of a bills regular season football game well exciting times exciting which selfishly from our standpoint means it's probably not going to be a greatly listened to episode because unless you <laughs> listen to it on monday you're not going to go take in a bills pregame show for a game that happens against the jets on monday unless night. they want to call us out for a take afterwards and be captain yes. hindsight's on it which oh. hey come back hey <laughs> i love captain hindsight but this is a good moment to mention. Have you subscribed to Bill's Chat YouTube yet? You, I'm talking to you watching this or listening, Bill's Chat YouTube. Have no fear. We will have a post-game show for that Jets game. It'll probably just be me. I'll see what's going on with Luca. Maybe I can round up Stokes. It won't be an hour-long show, but we have a little series called Quick Chat. And it's like 10 to 15 minutes. We will get through everything that happened in that game. It'll be right there for you that night. So you don't have to wait a week to find out what we thought about this game, folks. It's right there on our YouTube channel where you can find all of my content, all of Lucas, all of Lucas content, all of our combined content. It is going to be our one-stop shop for all content we have. For Luca, I am Josh McCarty. We survived the offseason, folks. It's game time. Let's go. We will see you next time on Bill's Chat.